This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, what is a hacktivist and should you be worried about them? Hank the Hacker tells us how hackers can organize to launch spam attacks across the entire world. Plus, what is the most common way hackers are getting into your phones? On the Millennial on the Radio, Ryan O'Donnell tells us about an unfortunate situation at Disney World and how Instagram tried to be a bit too much like TikTok and then it got a little weird as Ryan had some Disney flashbacks. And some thrill-seeking here on the Shift, game showy, water parks, roller coasters, water slides and amusement parks in general it's time for amusement park trivia here on the shift daily podcast this is the shift podcast let's get started it's time for game showing it's a game show trivia contest thing that we could not come up with a name for and it sounds like a game show. Today, let's take a trip down the most entertaining places on Earth. Getting us started is your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, I am. Thank you, Bob. Welcome back to Game Show. Oh, it's pleasant. What a beautiful summer evening to be having some trivia all about the wonderful, magical sometimes cranky world of amusement parks in our lovely country and around the world yes we're gonna do some trivia folks all about those classic places we know and love so let's find out what the categories are because we're not just talking about specifically amusement parks we have three categories of trivia to choose from the first is okay it is indeed amusement parks the second category of questions is a roller coasters specifically Ooh. and the third is water slides water slides three categories oh. and there are several questions within each of them today by the way we are playing for buckets of mini donuts so there is potentially several thousand calories worth of deep fried oh. goodness up for grab for oh. the winner Sorry, Brendan. Yeah. You're getting. I know every week we give yeah. out something that we you have no do interest in. We do beer and yeah. everything he yeah. doesn't do. <laughs> but you're gonna win him anyway. At least you should try. I'll, I'll give. Hey, my, I'll give. Come on. My... Why do you just discredit? Like, does, yeah. like all of a sudden I don't matter. Not well, all of a we sudden. Know you want the mini donuts? I want mini donuts too. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you so, see Ryan, uh, Brendan's note there? By the way, Ryan, you got to probably do a little work there. Just, uh, just slightly off by one, just one. I don't, know, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Well, if you uh, hear the correct answer, you will hear this. Except when I hit that, it's the game show. Oh, music. it's doing that again. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, well, anyway, we are. Uh, the The rules of this trivia are very simple. If you uh, if you get the answer incorrect, you will hear this sound. And if you get Good the death. answer correct, you will hear this. Oh, fantastic. So to add to that, each opponent has five seconds to steal if the other person incorrectly answers the question. And that's what that sounds like. Five seconds. That's all you have. We also have a brand new question, a brand new rule to Game Showy this weekend. <sighs> Sorry, this week. It's not the weekend yet. We're getting there. And it is for the listeners. My friends, somewhere in this show is hidden a very special question. It is the text line special. If 
The contestant picks the text line special, which is random. That answer, the question must be answered by the texters. 877-399-9898. That's the phone number. I'll give it out again. Texters, you will give your the person who picked the question the answer. And if you get it right, my fair listeners, my friends, they get a bonus point. So potentially a game-changing question on the line all up to the listeners. Any questions, comments, or queries, or are we good to go for game showy? Uh, I think we're good. Are you good? You good over there? I think I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gonna, wow, so, you guys are so excited yeah. for gay trivia. Wow. Well, we gotta hit the we gotta hit the bed. So yeah. Let's okay, let's get in the mood again. All right, do it. Here, it's this one. Those are all the rules you need to know for game showing. It's time to get started. Let's do it. So last week, Brent Kelly won. So that Shane, you get first. Uh, it, it, I'm sorry, it is B. Uh, you get first dig. So a reminder: categories, amusement parks, roller coasters, and water slides. Four buckets of donuts. Where are we going first? I am going to go for amusement parks for two buckets of mini donuts, please. Rob, got it. Bob, Ryan, you got it. <laughs> sure, whatever you want. I'll, I'm, I don't care. Uh, Canada's Wonderland was at one point owned by Paramount Pictures. It was a partnership. It was called Paramount Canada's Wonderland. Now, that is no longer the case, but here's your question, Shane. Which Paramount film had a themed ride at Wonderland? Was it Star Trek, Mission Impossible, Transformers, or Top Gun? I remember going on the the Top Gun ride there, so that's the only one I remember from mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to go with Top Gun there, Bob. A Top Gun is correct. That is correct. Yes, for two buckets of mini donuts. Congrats. Wait. That is correct. There was it was called uh, Top Gun. It is now called Flight Deck. Uh, there was also a Tomb Raider uh, ride, as well as the, uh, uh, what's it called, Italian Job, and there were Flintstone rides for kids as oh, well. There wasn't that, that was the t- Top Gun one was where you sat in the seat and hung down from it, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's oh, that cool. one where you'd get whiplash when it was over, but it yeah. was pretty fun. That was a great ride. There, uh, there was also a Days of Thunder one. Really? Yeah. Yes. That that, yeah. Oh, that's true. That. Yeah, that's Thunder Run. That would be the other one. Yep. Cool. All Love right. it. All right, Brennan Kelly, you're up next. Where are we going? Uh, I'll go with roller coasters for two buckets because that's my strategy. I'm going to tie Shane the whole way and then crush him right at the end. <laughs> for two buckets. It's a happy family. A happy family. Okay. All right. Uh, for two buckets of mini donuts, Brendan, <laughs> what is the name of the roller coaster at West Edmonton Mall inside? Is it know. the Time Warp? The Galaxy Explorer, the Mindbender, or the Arrowhead? Um, the Arrowhead. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Mm. Now, uh, Shane, I will give you mm-hmm. a chance to steal that particular point. But, Brendan, there's an opportunity for you to get at least one point. If you can answer this correctly, true or false is that coaster, which I will not reveal the name yet because Shane might have a chance to steal, the tallest indoor roller coaster in the world? True or false? 
um, judging by how you do these, it's probably true because it would <laughs> it would be weird if it was false. Like, yeah, <laughs> I. It's true. It's got to be true. It, yes, it is true. Forty four point two meters, one hundred forty five feet tall. It's very tall. It's a very large roller coaster. Shane, you've got yeah. five seconds. Can you tell me what that roller coaster is called? It's called a mind bender. Why does Brennan get free points for getting questions wrong? Because it's a two-part question. There are several two-part questions throughout Game Showy. Don't worry. You'll have your chance. Ding, 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 by the way. Congrats. You got one point plus one. That was for so two. Each of you got get... No, you got plus one. It was a very confusing one. setup. Got... I'll give you that much. That was very you got So it was, for two, it was for two buckets. He chose two points, yeah. two buckets of donuts. So technically, and Shane should only and it get was one. A point for each of the questions. Okay, you so got Shane one got part one of it right, and you got the other part right. Uh, I still okay. But I, how is it possible that he has to get? He chooses two buckets, and then he has to do two questions. Okay, let's move on. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. Shane, you're up. All right. Well, I don't know what to pick now. Um, I'll go with well, water slides. Why not? Let's go three buckets. Three buckets, jeez. Okay, wow. uh, the longest, the long, yeah, man, splash. The longest yes. water slide in the world is in Malaysia. It's oh. called Escape Theme Park, and it's on the island of Penang. It includes a wait for it, three thousand six hundred and forty-five foot long water slide, which is like the largest by a mile. Well, it's like almost a mile. <laughs> How long does it take to get from start to finish? Is it six minutes long? A minute and a half, three minutes, or four and a half minutes long. How long does it take to get from one to one? Well, um, because of my expertise in Malaysian water slides, <laughs> I'm going to guess. And I'm going to go with four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes is incorrect, unfortunately. <clears throat> that is not correct. Brendan Kelly, you got a chance here. Five seconds. How fast? How long does it take to get down that water slide? Uh, I don't know, six minutes? Also incorrect. Nope. It mm. takes a nice even three minutes uh, to get from point A to point B. That ride is so uh, far up a mountain, you actually have to take like a mini coaster to get up to the top to enjoy the ride. I watched a YouTube video of someone going down it. It is very, very pleasant. We uh, All right, well, told him that we figured out how he crafts his answers because... Yeah. Now I'm going to adjust. Yeah. I got you. Now All right. Okay. So Shane is up three buckets of donuts to one. It is now Brennan Kelly's turn to pick for a Kuesterinu. Um, I got that one wrong, but that's okay. I never claimed to be an expert um, like Shane, who claimed to be an expert and also got it wrong. Um, no, so, he said that's why I was guessing because <laughs> I didn't know. Well, you claim there's audio. I can go back and grab that audio. You said you were an expert. <laughs> uh, I will go with amusement parks for three buckets to take for the lead. three buckets. Oof. Okay. Canada's Wonderland has a lot of toys up for grab. There are many games and places where you can win toys. How many toys are won at Canada's Wonderland every single season? Is it over a 100,000 between, sorry, between one and 200,000? Is it half a million, 300,000, or over a million toys? It is over 100,000. 
between one and two hundred thousand. Is that your final answer? Yeah, the one just confirming. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that is. Sorry, that is not correct. That is incorrect. Mm. Shane, you got five seconds. Three hundred thousand for the win. Three hundred thousand is. Jeez, guys, no, that's incorrect. I'm mm. sorry. It is half a wow. million toys. Half a million toys are one. Another ridiculous fact about Wonderland is that their Pizza Pizza restaurant is the busiest in Ontario. And if pizza, you stacked pizza. every single slice of pizza sold in the park back in 2017, it would equal the height of one of their roller coasters by 66 times. So there's a lot of pizza sold at that place, which is just uh, a lot. There you go. That's okay. A lot of carbs. That's a lot of carbs. You're going to need it to walk up all the stairs yeah, to get to all the roller sense. coasters, though. Makes all right. Uh, Shane, your go. We, we need a, we need a, we got to get a correct point here. Yeah, we got it. We're sucking. I've adjusted um, my for scheme, sure. and it's clearly working. Jeez. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the roller coasters. Uh, three buckets, please. Roller coasters for three buckets. Da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> what is my favorite song to listen to while going down a roller coaster? <laughs> is it Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue? Is it Riding on the Wind by Judas Priest? Is it Wango Tango by Ted Nugent? Or Peace of Mind by Boston? Well, uh, none of those are very overly sad, so that's concerning. I would say that Kickstart My Heart is probably on the list, but because Ryan likes to put, like, if he can't have sad, he likes to have smart, so I'm going to go with Boston Peace of Mind. Sorry, Peace of Mind is not my go-to roller coaster. <sighs> song uh, brendan you got five seconds uh i'll go with the judas priest one all right well uh the answer is in this little audio clip i have here brendan if you've got that ready i can tell you guys if you if you're correct brendan yes it is judas priest riding on the wind yes i got one literally riding on the wind and it's on a roller coaster what did you expect okay well uh now we got a game Folks, four to three. Shane, you're behind. I'm sorry. Okay, mm -hmm. Brendan, though, you could take a big lead here, my friend. Go for it. Uh, I'll go with the amusement park for three buckets then, so to take the big lead. Amusement park for three buckets. Oh, this is the death strike. <laughs> this is the death. It could be the death strike, or it could not be. Uh, Brendan Kelly, what pop star filmed their entire music video for a very famous song at an amusement park? Was it Britney Spears? Womanizer, T Swift's love story, Beyonce's crazy in love, or Mariah Carey's fantasy. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I'm actually surprised. I thought he would know this. No, no, not uh, not big on the the pop music videos. Whatever was on 120 minutes on MTV, that was me. Um. I'll go with the Mariah Carey. Well, the answer is... I actually have the song already queued there, Shane. Let me do the tech, okay? <laughs> well, I was ready the for answer my answer is... when we got it wrong. The answer is... <laughs> there it is. Yeah, Mariah Carey's fantasy. She 
directed that entire music video by herself. She They shot one and she hated it. So she decided I'm going to take the cameras to an amusement park called Playland in uh, New York. And uh, it was a great music video. Okay, well, uh, Brennan's kind of run away with it now. He's got seven. Shane, mm-hmm. there's still uh, plenty of points to be won here. Well, so I'm ahead. very excited. Well, I'm very excited because based on the way that this has been designed, I'm going to go for the uh, the water slides for two buckets, and I'm hoping it's one of those Ryan's four-part questions that actually gets me 11 points. So, Well, it is a two-bucket question, but it's actually yeah. potentially a three-bucket question because, Shane Hewitt, you have found the text line special. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> Congratulations. So, Shane, you cannot actually answer this question. The uh-huh. listeners must. So, 877 877- Three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Listeners, my friends, this is your chance to get Shane back into the game. What is the biggest water park in Canada? Is it Wild Waterworks in Hamilton, Ontario? Is it the World Water Park in Edmonton? Is it Calypso Water Park in Ottawa? Or Big Splash Water Park in Tawasson? There you have it. 877-399-9898. Okay. So one more time. I'll give you the options. Yep. Wild Waterworks in Hamilton, Ontario. World Water Park in Edmonton. Calypso Water Park in Ottawa. Or Big Splash Water Park, Tawasson. Uh, you got a couple of answers coming in already. Mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of answers and it seems pretty, uh, seems pretty clear. The correct answer has come from the text line because it is, according to the texters, according to the shift heads who are very smart, it is Calypso in Ottawa, which opened back in 2010. It has 35 water slides. This place is enormous. I had never heard of it before. So that is worth three buckets. So Shane, you're down uh, just uh, just one point now. Just one point. All right. Thank you, everybody, for that. I want to acknowledge Glenn and George and Trucker Dan and Sizzling Steve and everyone else who texted in and saved the day. Yeah, you get back yes. in the game because of other people's work, not your own. Well, I would like to bring up this message from Trucker Dan. It says, how come Shane gets one point for the steal and Brendan gets three? Clearly, that's rigged. Well, Brendan got one point from the steal because he because he got the, the risky questions wrong. That's why. I'm probably just me personally versus you providing less stress in Ryan's life so he is clearly rigging it in clearly. my favor it's yeah. an unconscious bias or conscious yeah. but maybe I don't know yeah, very conscious bias very okay All well right. we've got time for one more question it is Brendan's turn however if Brendan gets it wrong Shane will have a chance to steal and potentially tie slash win okay. so Brendan Kelly where are we going uh, I'll go with uh, two buckets uh, roller coasters two buckets Oof. okay Damn it. <laughs> I feel like you're going to know this one. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, this might be a little bit too easy, but it's the only two bucket one I have left. Okay. At one point in time, Canada was home to the longest roller coaster in the world. <laughs> it took over so three and a half away. minutes long. You just gave Where it away. I didn't know it anyway. Was that, was that Marineland? It was. You like gave it, it away. That... He used to work there. And I then knew like, it anyway. Oh, I have a feeling you might know this. <laughs> I knew it yeah. anyway. It was one of the things we had to say all the time. We got the longest yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. So yes, for he just bucket, give himself the dinger even called, before you. Okay, Dragon uh, Dragon Mountain at Marineland, yes. where Brendan used to work, 
30 acres, which is funny that they claimed that it was the biggest, but then a, another roller coaster uh, that opened four years later in the States was 36 acres. So they can't claim that anymore, but it seems like they still do. Uh, but there you have it. <laughs> Brendan Kelly sealing the deal with two buckets there. We have our winner in a, in a, in a tight match on, uh, on our Canada's most entertaining places to travel and have some family fun on the roller coasters. Thanks for listening to Game Showy. It's a game show that clearly has problems, but it's fun, and we play it on Thursday mornings here on The Shift. We gotta work on how we steal points from each other, because Trucker Dad is mad. He's still mad. Don't forget to get your pet speeder neutered. This is the Shift Podcast. There's so much going on around the world, uh, in the world of hacking, that we don't know about quietly in the background, including what are the most uh, spoofed software apps that we use all the time that hackers are using to get access to all of that. What is a hacktivist? What are they up to? Is it good work in the background? Let's get more coming up here with Hank. System breach. Just happened. Someone hacked me. There it is, Hank the Hacker and uh, Little Crowbar to get it started, which is a song that uh, Hank's dad was a part of writing in that band so um seems very appropriate what do you think hank that worked for you thanks man that that was perfect hey ah, ah, special treat for hanky all right <laughs> welcome uh, back to the program buddy uh we can start anywhere here the first conversation that i wanted to ask you about was the dos attacks um denial of service uh, which was happening in Taiwan. Now, we would, most people would think, oh, my God, what's going on? Well, this plays into stock markets and all those things that make us money. So that matters. So when we look at DDoS attacks and what they are, there is an assertion that it was nothing more than some trouble. They've called them hacktivists, though. So why don't you get us started with understanding what all that means? Well, for me, when I when I heard about this story and I kind of saw it unfold, it it was a big reminder that, uh, you know, while we're so used to blaming governments and, and everything for hacking, we still have these hacktivist groups and something that a lot of the, your your listeners are probably familiar with is is the, the group anonymous. And that's kind of just a, a group of people working as a kind of a hive mind, if, if you will, and, and working under the guise of, of some kind of political activism or, or whatever agenda they might have. And, uh, and that's, that's what we saw here with a lot of, um, it was a fairly large amount of activists or, or hacktivists, if you will, and uh, creating a, a distributed denial of service attack. Which basically is it's, it's, overloading the system too like, many things. My best example of it to try and explain it to people is think of like you're going to Starbucks or something and some group of people have, has decided to 
destroy the Starbucks sales for that day. So they're, there's a hundred of them that keep going in and out and in and out. And once they get in the line, they go back to the, the start of the line and go through again. And while some people might eventually get through to the service that they're trying to reach, it creates this huge buffer. You, you can imagine if you're trying to make your way through a line of a hundred people that kept recycling through. Uh, so it, it creates this huge delay, if you, so to say, for people trying to visit the website or, or use whatever services might be attached to it. Yeah. I was thinking about when it was, uh, you know, they do those, what do they call that, Ryan, when they would, a bunch of dancers would show up and they would oh, all dance in the street. Mob. Flash mob. flash mob it's like they would, would flash mob a starbucks like you're talking about everyone shows up at once yeah. you can't you can't get through the line and get your um get your coffee right kind of similar things like that now okay so a hacktivist a hacktivist sounds like that's great they're standing up for something but it, sort of like an you know an eco terrorist or whatever is there any real way to tell if these groups are doing good or bad or fulfilling an agenda? I mean, Anonymous gets has this scary mob boss thing about, you know, don't mess with me. But at the same time, they're like, by the way, we'll stand up to Russia. So is there any real way to tell if they're white hat hackers that are good, black hat hackers that are bad, gray hat hackers in the, in the middle that are just like, man, not today. Mm-hmm. How does it work? You know, that that's exactly it. And depending on what side of the attack you're sitting on, uh, it, it might be good, it might be bad. And again, looking back at Anonymous is as a pretty good example of this. There were times where, you know, people that, that would call themselves Anonymous or, or would associate with that group had, they had seen operations or things happen online that were on behalf of Anonymous, but even they didn't support that agenda. So with with anonym, anonymity and and such an you know an ability to have be anonymous online uh you end up with just about anyone that can participate i i remember back in the day um people there were kids kids would download programs one one was called low orbit ion cannon and if you had like 10 friends that were angry enough at someone online they could start a a distributed denial of service attack and those 10 friends would send traffic until it crashes the server or blocks the other guy from playing the game. And it's the same kind of idea where if, if enough people have the same agenda or same goal, if you will, then they can go and and they can even as simple as browsing the website or redirecting traffic from other websites to just slow it down until, you know, 10,000 people doing the same thing. Uh, it, it makes the wagon slow down. <laughs> well, and just to be clear, there was a text that came in says they're not hacking, they're spamming, which is accurate and inaccurate all at once. And correct me if I'm wrong, Hank, because they are spamming. That's essentially what they're doing is they're filling it up. But at the same time, the ways they, um, the ways they can spam it is sometimes by hacking other machines. I'm so happy that someone texted that in because at the start of this, I was like cringing a little bit when I said hacktivists because I I share that thought. I like, you know, and a lot of other hackers and cybersecurity specialists would would say, yeah, you're right. It's not it's not hacking. But at the same time, if you look at um, some of the methods, like like you said, Shane, that people use when they're trying to carry out these distributed denials of service attacks. 
they might even they might be hacking in, in, into a whole slew of computers or networks so that they can support these attacks. And while it might have been a little different in this case, we've definitely seen that before where um, massive networks of computers or even smart devices have been used as a, kind of the backbone for a denial of service attack before. We got to get the robots working somewhere, and it's not like some guy's got a yeah. hundred computers in his house. Um, you keep that evidence in someone else's house, so that's how it is. Ha- that it does how it happens. So, okay. So the history behind this, by the way, was uh, the Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi in the United States was going to Taiwan. I don't understand why. I don't understand the history behind it. Uh, they're making a stand against China in Taiwan, Americans again, and then China starts doing military activity, practicing all around just to be scary. And then they, that's what, that's what happens. In this though, there came a Chinese, uh, attempt of some sort to get in the way or at least scare people and whatever. Now, sometimes this does affect things like stock markets because people go, uh oh, the world's on fire. So is this the kind of thing that goes on all the time, every day anyway? It just so happened to get people's attention? I think, yeah, absolutely. It's startling how often we see denial of service attacks. The The only time we really hear about them is, like in the news is like this, where there's some kind of political tie-in or when the attack was so massive, it it breaks some kind of a record, which we've seen in the recent months with these like record breaking petabyte sized uh, denial of service attacks. But it happens so often. There's even kids still doing DDoS attacks on each other. and, And it's very easy for someone to go out and rent one of these attacks even. Oh, you can just go hire somebody to do it? Like, yeah, like I'm going to play against you on Fortnite and I want you to lose. So therefore, I'm going to hire someone to spam yeah. your machine. Oh, yeah. There's uh, malware as a service. And so people will, you can, you know, there's people selling all the way from the tool that you can use to build up this net- network called a botnet. Or you can just rent <coughs> from someone <clears throat> that already has built that botnet. Wow. So, so you can, when you... and it's very cheap. Yeah. Oh, really? When you um, because wasn't there a story about this recently at a video game competition where something like that happened and these two teams were battling it out and one ended up dropping out and there was a, there was a um, like there was the accusation that they had hired a botnet to do a DDoS attack, um, on the other team so they could win and it was a big prize money that was up for grabs. Did you hear that? Yeah, and and in in the underground like where you see a lot of these sales happening it's not uncommon for someone that's selling this service to go say, Hey, everyone as kind of a, you know, a a show of arms or show of how strong our product is. We're going to go and take down this service or we're going to go take down this stream or whatever. And, and it's happened quite often. And, and in most cases, if not all cases, it's, it's usually quite immature. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Ryan, just, can I say, can I read that, Ryan? Yeah. Ryan uh, said here, he said, I watched a guy uh, DDoS the North Korean government website from my high school library. Is it that easy? You know, I, I, I can't say no, because we look back, not, not even again, a couple months ago where someone took down pretty well, all of their, that whole country's internet, um, just with a very simple exploit. And, and back 
when Ryan and I were in high school, you could run ping attacks through the command prompt. It was, it was fairly easy. And I see, I see Ryan nodding. Yeah. So I, I assume that's how he ran that attack, that mm-hmm. DOS attack. And that's how he just did a it. simple ping attack. See, I'm super curious if, if this was Hank in the library <laughs> and Ryan was watching. Is it? But I want to know. <laughs> no, uh, no. So, okay. Well, so, I mean, these things are going on in the background. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, it was important for us to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up here. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a list um, in the news about the most popular um, apps that are getting mimicked by hackers. And they include uh, Skype, Adobe Reader, VLC Player, which is an audio player. I use that one. I like it. Um, as well, uh, 7-Zip, TeamViewer, CCleaner, Microsoft Edge, Steam, Zoom, and WhatsApp is the list of the most spoofed fakies out there to get viruses on your computer. Where does that land for you, Hank? Man, I I get a shiver on my spine while you say this, because this is, I mean, I'm surprised people are talking about that. Um, yeah, it's it's very common for a hacker to, in fact, that's one of our current, like, considered, like, current um, hacking techniques in cybersecurity and, and in my training personally, where you'll take, you know, I, I usually teach my students with something that comes default on the computer, like Microsoft Paint, and they'll they'll clone the assembly, or the, basically they'll clone the, what that program is. They'll clone Microsoft Paint, but they'll kind of attach their own little malicious bit in there. And yeah, it's something you have to be really aware of right now. And I think that growing up, I was like super conscious about that, but now end users are going to have to really make sure that when they're downloading software, they're downloading it from the official provider. Like if you're downloading Skype, you should be making sure that you're downloading it from, uh, I, I believe Microsoft owns Skype now. If I I'm think not they do mistaken. Now, yeah. That's wild though, isn't it? When you think that, um, you know, there was used to be all those websites for get your soft free software downloads that, you know, they used to say were yeah. riddled with, you know, bad code and stuff in them. And then, and then you hear these things, this, and then you have Android and then that so many Android apps, you just go get them and you hear about viruses and all those things. And then of all the things that Apple does with keeping their system so tight, too tight, many people will say, but at the same time, you've got to get your stuff from the Apple store. So, I mean, there seems to be a little bit of merit to that. I mean, every time I hear about Androids, it it makes me giggle because I I don't know. I've, I'm pretty sure I've shown you that ring that I had that yeah. you just hold an Android for a couple of seconds and, and it can hack it. And that's that's using one of those malicious APKs usually disguised from the calculator app or something like that. So it's it's definitely a valid point. Really? Hey, that's staggering. There was also this um, this one came out, too. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, which, by the way, before I move on from that, um, mimicking apps like Skype, Adobe Reader, VLC Player, um, impersonating 7-Zip, TeamViewer, CCleaner, Microsoft Edge, Steam, Zoom, WhatsApp. Those are the ones that came up on the top of the list um, if you go to get them, and but you're not actually getting them from the right place. This one is researchers discovered, this is mind-blowing, Nearly 3,200 mobile apps leaking Twitter API keys. Now, API keys is like your your secret backdoor combo code to use this app to log into that app, stuff like that. Um, that's your backdoor. And and 
they've discovered apps have exposed access to these API keys. Thirty two hundred of them on this this research. You know, I that doesn't surprise me much because I have something that I think it's really going to blow your mind. And some of your listeners, I if you have an if you have an Android and you're listening, I really I highly encourage you to go right now and see if you have uh, developer mode enabled. And you'll know if you do. You you can't. It doesn't come by default. You have to go into settings, and it's it's. You'll know if you do, but. If you have developer mode enabled on certain Android devices or USB debugging, it makes it so that, like, and I can show you this. Maybe I'll send you a screenshot after this, Shane. But there's over a thousand right now. I can say with confidence there would be over a thousand Android phones in the world right now that you could access remotely photos, text messages, and everything. And it's just because they're allowing unknown sources. They're enabling, you know, they'll go into the phone settings, go to about phone, tap on build five times, and then then you get your developer mode and they'll they'll turn on USB debugging and download unknown apps or whatever. And now you're exposed right. to hackers. Uh, Ryan's checking on it right now, just to be sure. Um, absolutely fascinating <laughs> stuff. Yeah, if you can share some insight at shiftheads.ca on the Facebook group, Hank. That would be awesome. We want everyone to know absolutely. and double-check their stuff uh, and get into that. Okay, there was one text when I said that about um, about Crowbar and your dad. Uh, and, I, of course, Hank Fordham and um, and your dad. <laughs> and so the text came in, and it said this. He says, wait a second, I thought that song um, was written, more than a feeling, was written by Kelly J., a guy from Calgary. Do you want to explain that to the audience who <laughs> yeah. doesn't connect Kelly J and Hank Fordham? Uh, so Kelly J's real name is Hank Fordham, and um, he passed down to me. I'm Hank Fordham the third, and um, so he, yeah, he wrote "Oh What a Feeling." We lived in Calgary for a very long time. He was in the uh, Singers and Songwriters uh, Hall of Fame, and. Yeah, we it, we've had a lot of fun. I had a really amazing childhood with with him, and happy to to hold his name and to pass it down to my son now, Henry the Fourth. Henry the Fourth, <laughs> that's so good. Yes, I love sir. It. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So that that does answer. Um, you know the the Kelly J as the moniker as as the guy which he continued, of course, using uh, for so long. Um, after that too well thanks so much for being here hank um it's great to see you as always and thanks for the insights and you only scared me mostly today so that's good (laughs) (laughs) hey thanks guys thanks for listening too this is the shift podcast i'm shane hewitt it's time for the millennial on the radio the millennial on the radio Ryan O'Donnell. I uh, was talking to my my buddy Rob, who's getting married here in a few weeks. He came over and his fiance to talk about uh, emceeing the wedding and all that stuff. And I was like, he's like, well, this is going to happen here. They're going to move some tables. You might have to pad for time. I was like, I'm going to have to bring Ryan. Uh, we're we're going to need to write some stuff. And uh, he's like, oh, the millennial on the radio. We can bring him. So by the way, we're <laughs> be coming to the wedding. Ah, that's pretty cool, actually. I like that. I should probably change my Twitter so, handle to that, eh? Yeah. Sure. Actually, definitely should change my my Twitter handle to that. Uh, This story, I mean, we just kind of covered this in Game Show. If you missed that, it'll be on the Shift Daily podcast. Uh, But amusement parks, trivia about amusement park and rides and all that fun stuff. And um, I love them. I 
am a thrill seeker. I love the roller coasters and this, the, the feeling that exhilaration is so awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I went to Wonderland uh, in Vaughn with my dad and they had just opened uh, Leviathan. It was my first time going up on that, which is the largest roller coaster in Canada. And I rode it. We had a fast pass and we were there on like a Wednesday. There's nobody there. And so I rode it back to back. And on the second time, I blacked out at the end of the coaster and I woke up as it was going back out and I went, that was amazing. I love it. That's the sign of a great roller coaster. But there is one ride. There is one horrible, evil, cursed ride that exists out there. Then it will not be scraped from my memory. It will not leave me alone i'll be lying in bed at night and trying to drift to sweet sleep and i'll hear it in my brain it will never leave me alone and you'll know what it is as soon as you hear it probably because this is a ride at disney world disneyland all of the disneys that has been around for as long as disney world has been a thing i apologize in advance God, turn it off. Turn it off. I can't. I can't. That song is cursed. It is, I, I, you know, it's an earworm, but the worst kind <laughs> because you don't want it in your brain, but it won't leave. And you'll find yourself singing it because it won't leave. So I'm sorry if that is now stuck in your head. But we need to have some sympathy tonight, my friends. We need to, uh, you know, kind of check ourselves because. Yes, I just got that song stuck in your head, but I can guarantee you that we are doing better than the people in this story. Now, if you don't know what the ride is, essentially it's a kind of like a tunnel of love thing where you're in a boat on a sort of a lazy river that's on a track and you drive around. And the course is essentially a, a showcase of culture and and dress and all that from around the world, from dolls, creepy dolls. Uh, that all sing that song in unison. And the song loops over and over and you go through. And it's one of those rides that it's kind of just there, you know, like when you go to Disney, you go on it because there's never a big line. The line always moves fast. You just get through, get out. It kills some time. So uh, some people were at Disney World and they went on the, the experience. So they hop on the ride and uh, the one in Orlando, by the way. And then something happened that I swear is a nightmare I had. I swear this is a dream I had once. One of the boats on the ride broke down during the ride. And the people in It's a Small World were stuck for an hour. They were stuck inside that ride for an hour. You can see it. It was captured on TikTok. One of the boats is actually sinking. The thing, I, I don't know how this happened because it's on a track, but one of the boats is actually like sinking forward. Didn't fully sink, but still it's leaning forward and everything's backed up. And do you want to know what was going on the entire time they were stuck in there for an hour? The song. Uh -oh. The song did not stop for an entire hour. These poor people were trapped inside a horror show. Not only did they have terrifying dolls scream at them, they could not escape the music, which is pretty loud when you're in there, by the way. Uh, the guy in the on TikTok literally described it as torture. 
And uh, it actually reminded me a lot. Brendan, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. It reminded me a lot of uh, a similar ride that was portrayed on The Simpsons. Of course, they would have predicted this happening. I want to get off. You can't get off. We have five more continents to visit. It was actually <laughs> the first thing I thought of when you started this story. Right? Yeah, and then Lisa goes on to drink some of the water in the canal, and then she goes on this trip. Um, yeah, honestly. I just I feel so bad for anybody that was stuck in that situation. I hope Disney gave them a coupon or something. But, uh, well, yeah, that is my nightmare. Tim Horton's coffee and a free donut. <laughs> Reimbursement. Except at Disney World, it would be like, for the same cash value, here is a large pop. The same value. Yeah, right. Man. Well, I feel for him. Uh, okay, on to a more, let's call it a thought-provoking story that does not include the horrifying and terrible earworms that will not leave my brain. Uh, because uh, we are going to go on to TikTok, but today's TikTok is actually technically on uh, Instagram. Yeah. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, 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 TikTok. So uh, what do I mean by that? Today's TikTok is on Instagram. Well, we're talking about Instagram, which is trying very hard, almost too hard, to become TikTok. Now, why is that? TikTok has become the biggest app in the world. I mean, it's just it just has. The, uh, the content on there is endless there are billions probably up to the trillions of minutes of videos of all kinds of things that are available on this app people are literally sharing their personalities their lives in a different way on this app and instagram is very different at least it was instagram was a place where you just shared photos, which was my favorite part about the app. You know, you took a picture that you liked. Uh, recently, I, I went to Banff and I took what I thought were some pretty great pictures of Banff and I got to share them. You know, I'm not expecting a million people to like them. It's just kind of cool because you can share them for other people, but it's also like a digital photo album of a little chapter in your life, which is great. And then as time went on, uh, Instagram beefed up its social features, especially after it was bought uh, by Facebook, now Meta. And, you know, sharing it, the messaging system within the app, um, how you share the photos. And uh, I would say definitely a lot of people, as we've had people like Danae Mercer on, uh, social media influencers, uh, people started to really uh, change how they looked just so that they could look good on Instagram. And that was kind of one of the first ways that Instagram got out of hand. And then uh, now it's been exposed, but not really fixed. And now what they're trying to do is capture the magic of TikTok, which is that video content, and put it on their platform. Except um, nobody uh, really wants that. I'm going to go into some of the changes uh, briefly, but here is what happened uh, this week uh, in the world of Instagram, that is uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up. Instagram is now rolling back several recent changes to that app. Comes after mounting backlash from users, including members of the Kardashian family. So, in a new test of a, a version of the app, photos from accounts you follow were replaced by viral videos and reels. But users are complaining the app was overtly copying rival TikTok, distancing itself from its photo sharing roots. They were not happy. The company now says it will take a big step back 
and regroup. Which is which is good because here's the thing. I mean, we don't need a monopoly of content on social media. It's a good thing that we have choice and different options for different avenues of content. Uh, and each of them have a special, uh, one thing they're really good at, right? TikTok is very good at video content. It's the best at that. I mean, YouTube is better for longer form, but I don't really consider YouTube to be social media. So ignoring that. TikTok is for the fun videos, the laughs, the memes, and all that. Then you've got Twitter, which is a place for ideas, thoughts, reactions, and it's sort of like a gateway to different chapters and places in social media. Then you have Facebook, which is uh, I mean, <laughs> Facebook has become a bit of a rough patch. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll call it that, but it was and, and still is a, a really good place to share stories uh, and to stay connected with old friends. And um, they're also clearly trying to figure out what Facebook's role in the world is. But then there was Instagram. Instagram was really good at sharing photos. That's what it is. It was simple. And now I've uploaded a couple of videos to Instagram, but not the same kind of stuff that I would put on TikTok. And so what was happening is... In, on Instagram, you could cater who you followed, right? You could follow your friends, follow your, your grandma, your brother, your sister, your friend's dog pages. You picked the kinds of pictures you wanted to see. And then this you could go in the search bar and the algorithm would pick something for you that you might like. But what they tried to do here was ignore that and just throw stuff at you because it was popular. But that's not what you go to Instagram for. You go to Instagram for content that you choose. I do not care about what's going viral on Instagram. I go there to connect with friends and family, which is the best part about the app. So the fact that they're rolling back that uh, AI is a very good thing. I think that's a fantastic step and they need to cling to that because several social media stars, as mentioned in that pack there, uh, came out and said, keep Instagram, Instagram, which is great. It's cool that we have the ability to share photos, um, but they're clearly haven't figured out how they're going to compete with TikTok. But even what I find so interesting is the other day, TikTok, I'd say this is probably about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, TikTok uh, implemented a bit of a slideshow feature where you could pick several photos, add some sound or music, and it, you would see a slideshow. I saw that pop up for a week and then everybody stopped using it. Why? Because it looked and felt out of place on TikTok. But that kind of thing is perfect on Instagram. There's a wall of content here that should not be broken. Keep one thing on the other and dip your toe if you have to. Meta, who owns this, needs to figure this out. Stop trying to be TikTok because nobody's going to want that. And I don't want Instagram to fail because I like it. It's cool. I love that I can share... Uh, you know, my life and you can follow me on Instagram if you want and see my life. And, but I can also just, I like to, you know, my, my aunts are on there, my family. And that's the best part about the app. That connection is a beautiful thing and it does not need to get swamped with all the kind of stuff that TikTok has. That's why you go to TikTok. Case in point. I, for the first time ever, to your millennial generation that has grown up watching YouTube on TV mm -hmm. and watching this sort of endless feed of videos on YouTube, like what's next, what's next, what next, like it just feeds you, right? Yep. I will admit that for the first time a few weeks ago, I went on to the old Roku TV there and I literally um, 
just turned on the TikTok channel and watched the yeah. video feed of videos because it was so entertaining. It is. Um, that's the thing. There's so much great entertainment on there that's, uh, that you can access uh, on and off your smartphone. That's a, that's one of the greatest things. And if you're listening to this right now and maybe you don't have a smartphone, you can download this app and watch it. And TikTok's algorithm is fascinating. I, I, I mean, it's kind of scary, but I liked four videos and it knew immediately that I love Lego and I love Star Wars and I get co- tons of content. But that's not just it. There's farmers on this app. There's miners. There are maintenance workers. There are people that literally just go, hey, this was my day today cleaning out this pipe and it will get millions of views because it's an interesting little gateway and showcase of life. And Instagram is doing that too, just with still images. TikTok is now doing it through video and they're doing it better than Instagram ever could because of that algorithm. It's why Instagram can't catch up. I can tell you actually, just so you know how TikTok knew that you were um, like Lego and sneakers. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we do the show on Zoom, and that's a Chinese company, and so it's TikTok. So I'm, <laughs> they're all just saying, "Hey, hey, hey!" Well, we know what you like mining all of our data and putting it back together again. All right, yeah, a millennial on the radio, right there. Uh, you good? We're good. Moving on. Are we good? Yeah. yeah. On, Did you want? Yeah. yeah. yeah the stories of the day. Do you want to keep going? Do you have any more? Do you want to? I mean, I have one more I can save for tomorrow. I'm good. Yeah. Well, I want to. I was curious to hear it. Sure, yeah. Uh, what Brennan and I both, actually, yeah. were curious to hear it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let me do it. Okay. Good, uh, good let's, meeting. Uh, let's, <laughs> uh, okay, so let's kind of get into this here. So we're going to talk about a Ponzi scheme that was just waiting to happen, bound to happen in the world of, yes, of course, sneakers. You know, like sneakers, I could identify. <laughs> Converse, Adidas, I know all that stuff. I know sneakers. The darkest part of the world of sneakers is the profit part. The amount of money that people who don't actually make the shoes can get by reselling them. And I've talked about this many, many times. uh, But uh, one of the things I haven't really talked about is pre-ordering. This is a system that uh, I see all, all the time. And essentially how it works is this. Shane, let's say you want a pair of brand new Air Jordans, but you know that everybody else wants them too. These pre-order services will guarantee you that they will get you a pair by using a bot, using a, a, a program that will automatically buy it. They will let you use that bot and they'll do it all for you for a fee, usually around 200 bucks. Wow. So you pay $200 to guarantee you get the shoe for retail, but you still have to pay for the shoe. So if it's a $200 shoe, you pay the $200 cost, it's 400, but maybe it resells for a thousand. This is how people got through it. And if you, I mean, the bot programs, bot programs usually cost about $400 at start. Um, but then you think about how many people use that bot now, $200, $200, the profit was ridiculous. And there was nobody that did this more than a guy called Zada kicks. Now Zada kicks, uh, completely has had a huge downfall back in May. He was a reseller who ran this kind of business, had a whole website and everything, millions of, of dollars and followers and all that. He specialized specifically in bulk pre-orders for in-demand sneakers. He, all of a sudden out of nowhere, filed to dissolve his company and began completely purging himself off social media. And then the word sped quickly, quickly that customers who pre-ordered their shoes did not get them. And uh, one buyer 
who used this program told uh, Complex Magazine that he was down $500,000. He spent $500,000 of his own money to pre-order sneakers from Zade, who would use his bot to get it. This is a big fat Ponzi scheme. Now, the guy behind this was actually charged by federal authorities last week. He pled not guilty on Wednesday to charges of wire fraud, conspiracy to commit bank fraud, and money laundering. He is facing 30 years in jail if he's convicted on the most serious count, which is conspiracy to commit bank fraud. The reason I'm bringing the story to you is the money involved here. One person in this story spent $500,000 and lost all of it. And Zade sold sneakers to thousands of people with that much money. He almost got away with it, but he got caught. He's he's allowed to be out. He's not in jail right now because it's a, you know kind of like a white-collar crime. But still, the fraud is ridiculous. The amount of money here. I mean, this is just... This is so disgusting to me that that much money can go into something that is should be so simple as, hey, I like that product. I'm going to buy that. Nope. You are competing with someone that is using a computer program to make sure you don't get it. And if you'd like to try to get it, you can pay. I can make that happen just for a little premium. And do you want to know who's doing absolutely nothing to stop that from happening? Every government? Nike. Oh. Oh. Adidas, all of them. They don't care. It's great for them. Drives the product, the price, and the resale, the buzz, all of it. None of them are doing anything about it. And that frustrates me greatly. And uh, these kinds of schemes are everywhere. They're not just in sneakers. This this just shows how much money is on e-commerce, how much scams are there. And you really got to watch. You really got to be patient. And even if you want something like this, it could be tech, it could be sneakers, it could be anything you're passionate about. Don't fall for schemes like these. Try your luck. And that's just the best you can get in this just rabid consumer market right now. You know what it sounds like? What? Exactly like the conversation we had about concert tickets last night. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. And disappointing mm. at the same time. It is disappointing, you know, because we, everyone, well, you know, it's our fault because everyone still goes and buys the damn shoes and pays the money. Mm -hmm. And we as consumers need to stop doing that, man. We need to stop because they just keep doing it to us, right? They just, they're like, oh, well, they're going to pay. It's not about what it's worth. It's what can the market bear and what will, what are people willing to pay? And as long as we keep paying it, then there's your answer. <sighs> I hate it when you're right. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 